What's up, everybody? Welcome to the fastest growing podcast for the American Athletic Conference, none other than the College Game Time Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Smith. Today, we've got a locked and loaded episode planned for you. Uh, the theme of the today's show is going to be most likely Tuesday. <laughs> most likely Tuesday. We're going to look at some week one, most likely twos. This will be a theme we carry throughout the course of the season every Tuesday where we might switch up the categories week to week, but some of them we might keep the same. We'll see what the listeners, what the viewers, what you listening or watching uh, have to say about it. Uh, Before I get into that, though, I am going to talk about uh, a quick piece of Dennis Dodd's report today about the CFP meeting that's happening tomorrow, Wednesday. Well, depending on when you're listening or, or watching this, uh, as of right now, recording this on Tuesday around lunchtime, uh, the CFP is set to meet on Wednesday. The ACC, to follow up on that, still has not voted. They, they did not vote um, uh, due to the shooting at North Carolina yesterday. Um, and it sounds like they might meet today, but I don't know. We don't know. Might be meeting right now. Might meet later today. Not sure. So before we get into everything, you know what to do. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, watch it to the end, share it with a friend. And if you're listening on one of the streaming um, podcast, if you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, sorry, listening to this podcast on one of the streaming platforms, please give it a five-star rating, whether that's Apple Pod, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Google Podcasts, whatever it is. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're joining me today. You're giving it a listen. Uh, let's keep the momentum train rolling. All right, first things first, CFP. The CFP model uh, was brought up in Dennis Dodd's article that he released this morning. And essentially saying one of the points of discussion may be tomorrow is shifting the 6-6 model, which is the top six conference champions and then six at large to a 5-7 model, which would be the top five conference champions and seven at large, given it looks like the pack is all but done. In his article, he said at least one current group of five conference is believed to be in favor of the 6-6 model moving to 5-7, with five conference champions automatically qualifying. Interesting. So what that tells me is that whoever that G5 conference is, whichever commissioner that is, it's the one who feels the most confident right now in landing the remaining pack two. I think if we could get who that conference is, because it's likely either the American or the Mountain West, that's going to tell us which one is feeling best about landing those two teams because otherwise you would not be a, a for shifting from a 6-6 to a 5-7. But as a, as a conference who thinks, okay, we're about to land these two, it's going to bolster what we've got, yeah, we can switch to a 5-7 because we'll for sure be that fifth slot and then we can open up another potential opportunity for one of our teams you know, in a, in a, if the chips fall in a crazy way or the dominoes fall in a crazy way on any given year, uh, maybe getting that seventh at large bid. I think in the big picture, uh, I'd still like to see the six, six model. I'd still like to see, even if the pack no longer has representation, I'd still love to see two G five schools, even if they weren't both from the American, even if it was a sunbelt in an American or a, you know, mountain West, like I've, I've gone on a tangent like that before every 
Goliath needs a David. I think the more seats at the table. Now, look, I'm not saying you have to give an equal amount of seats. I'm not saying anything like that. Ultimately, I get it. People want to watch the SEC, Big Ten, you know, those blue blood premier programs. I just, you know, as a fan, I wouldn't mind the 6-6 model, but I also understand if I'm a commissioner and I believe my conference, my G5 conference is head and shoulders above the rest, I'm fine moving to a 5-7 because if anything, I'm opening up another slot of maybe getting another one of my teams in. So do with that as you may, but I mean... So if that's a resco, then he must be feeling pretty good. Now, I saw a question on Twitter. Do we have any updates right now in regards to his meeting with Oregon State and or Washington State? I've got nothing. So it's Tuesday. I mean, right now, I still think the ACC vote is, is, is the next domino that's got to fall because Stanford, as I've been saying for weeks now, is the ultimate domino. And... <clears throat> It even sounds like what, whether or not the CFP meeting is going to be productive on Wednesday or not is contingent on whether that vote happens. So, But let's get to some football. Let's talk some week one. Maybe tomorrow we'll have a little bit more information we can discuss in the realignment world and meetings and things of that nature. But week one, most likely two. So what I've got is about mm, six or seven, most likely two categories. And I'm going to give you my team for week one that's most likely to fit that bill. And if you're playing along at home, I would love for you in the comments to put who you think is most likely to for that particular category. Category number one, week one, most likely to pull off an upset. Okay. I'm going with South Florida. Go Bulls. USF. They're an 11 and a half point underdog to Western Kentucky. And I'm going to double check that again just to make sure that's accurate. I'm uh, almost 100% confident that it is. But when I checked this morning, what I saw, well, yeah, WKU minus 11 and a half. So South Florida is an 11 and a half point underdog. Look, I think what Golish has done this offseason as far as turning over the roster has been amazing. I'm not saying South Florida's ready to make a run this year, but man, I think they can come out week one and get the upset over Western Kentucky. I think they've got the firepower to do it, and I think now they've got the coaching to do it. Even though he hasn't released who his starting quarterback is, I feel like it's Gary Bohannon, but I know I've, I've, I've interacted with some people right here on the channel who, who have spoken highly of the other guy that's in the running, and if you're a USF fan watching, feel free to let me remind me who that is. I just... I know I follow Gary Bohannon for a lot of years now, and then I spoke with him at American Athletic Conference Media Days, so he comes to mind as he's going to be the starter, but I know that's not necessarily the case. But I feel like if he starts and he stays healthy, USF could have a bowl-worthy season. And I think that they're the most likely team to pull off an upset uh, in week one as the 11.5-point underdogs. So go Bulls. All right, topic number two. Most likely to go viral in week one. This is going to shock you, <laughs> but I'm going to name Mr. Viral himself, Charlotte head coach Biff Pogey. They're playing South Carolina State. South Carolina State just got trounced last weekend on week zero by Jackson State. 
Charlotte should win that game. It's a game on ESPN+. Plus. I think it's in like the 5 or 6 o'clock window. Not a lot of eyes are going to be on that, except for people who are curious about Biff Pogey. Yet somehow, somehow, Charlotte and South Carolina will be a trending topic next week simply because, or over the weekend, simply because of Biff Pogey. Don't know what he's going to do. Don't know if it's going to be how he's dressed. Don't know if it's going to be something he says pregame, postgame. Not going to be, don't know if it's going to be something that happens on the field. But what I believe is that somehow this game that the general college football fan could care less about, Charlotte versus South Carolina State on ESPN Plus, somehow there will be a viral moment that comes out of that. That's my most likely two for week one, Biff Pogey. I'm curious. I'm curious about watching it because he's certainly done the part, as I've said before. He's he's become a trending topic with the media. He's made it very clear that they're out to win a conference championship. He's made it clear that the media members don't know Jack, uh, especially the ones as far as the ones that picked them to go last. Um, I mean, he's certainly talked the part and and done what's needed to be done from a marketing standpoint, brought a lot of attention towards that Charlotte program. They're going to have a show, I think, uh, I don't know if it's already started, but on ESPN+. Plus. So let's see what they look like when they actually take the field and roll out the ball and have to play. All right, next topic. Most likely to cover the spread as a favorite in week one. In other words, the team that's favored that I think is most likely to cover. And I'm going with Tulane, the Green Wave. They're playing a pesky, good Southern Alabama team. All right, this is a team that I think was a 10-win, had a 10-win season, playing in the Sun Belt. Um, Didn't make it, I don't think, to the conference championship last year, but they had a really good season, got a really good team. And Tulane is favored six and a half points. This is nothing against Southern Alabama, but if Tulane is going to be the team that everyone is projecting them to be, except for apparently Vegas, they need to win this game by double digits. And I think they can, and I think they will. Even if it's a 10-point win. Even if it's, you know, 31-21. 24-14. I know right now with Tulane... Quite frankly, that spread surprised me a little bit. Maybe Southern Alabama is going to make me look like an idiot on Saturday, and it's going to be a three-point game. Uh, But I know with Tulane, the argument against them this season is that when you look at how they performed on paper last year and had a lot of one-possession games, had some comeback wins, just looking at them on paper, it's easy to say they can't replicate that again this season. Most people, not most people, a lot of people or some people, I think look at Tulane's season a year ago and look at it as more of like a magical run, but not something they're going to be able to sustain. My thought is they're entering the season in the top 25. Let's make a statement week one. Let's come out, take care of business. I'm not saying you got to blow them out by 40 points, but win by a couple possessions, show everybody that, all right, We deserve to be here in the top 25 because there's obviously some people who think they don't deserve it. Um, 
Some of it's their conference. Some of it's because they don't believe that they're going to be able to do what they did a season ago again this year. And maybe they won't, but I still think they've got a great team. I still think they have a solid team. They've got one of the top quarterbacks in the conference. Um, Yes, they lost a couple playmakers on both sides of the ball, but they have some playmakers coming back on both sides of the ball. So that's my most likely to cover the spread uh, at minus six and a half over Southern Alabama in week one. Now, the next one is most likely to cover the spread as the underdog. And the dog that I'm highest on right now is North Texas, UNT. They're plus six and a half with Cal coming to town. Here's my thoughts on this, just honest from my gut. I think North Texas wins Saturday. I think they win this game. I think Eric Morris is going to come out. He's going to bring everything but the kitchen sink. He's not going to hide or hold anything back. He's going to show everything he can to get this win. He understands how important it is. You've got a Power 5 team coming in. They'll likely have one of the best crowds they've had in a while. It's his first game, his first season at North Texas. It's an opportunity to catch some people's attention. It's North Texas's first game, you know, uh, uh, in the American, it's a linear covered game. I think that he's going to have a plan and they're going to find a way to beat Cal. On the flip side, I look at Cal and I think all the drama that's circulating right now, if you're an underclassman on that team, you can't tell me that they're not distracted by all this realignment stuff. Not really knowing what conference they're going to be in next year. Not really knowing if they're going to have to be independent or G5 or if they're going to be playing in the ACC. I mean, there's just so many unanswered questions that I don't know how much that's impacting their focus. So I think that North Texas comes out with a bang. I think Cal, I think their players, particularly their underclassmen, are going to be slightly distracted you know, and they're making a trip to Texas and they're playing in Denton and it's just very much a, a sort of an off-brand game for them. And I think North Texas gets it done. I, I at least for sure, based off this prediction here, think that North Texas covers the spread. Um, but yeah, and I, and I have some other thoughts for North Texas because I, I feel like, and I'll probably share this on the pregame show more on Saturday, But, man, I feel like North Texas is going to get off to a fire start with a win this weekend. And what I'm hoping doesn't happen is that it it sort of, you know, uh, 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 what's the word, expedites this expectation that's on them. Because I've been saying I still think they need a year or two to let these new resources and exposure and all those things take root with recruiting, transfer portal, and things of that nature. Let Morris get a culture established and then look at them being a contender in the conference. I'm afraid, though, they're going to get this win, and then everyone's going to expect them to be a contender in the conference, and then they're going to start hitting some roadblocks down, down the stretch, whether that's depth, whether that's just not having enough to really put together a full season yet. Uh, those are just some quick shots from the hip uh, regarding UNT. But this weekend, oh, it's on, and I think they get the win. I think they get the upset win at home against Cal. Book it. But according to this, I'm saying that they're at least the most likely team to cover the spread as an underdog. All right, let's keep it moving. Most likely to drop a 50-burger week one. What does that mean? Those of you that don't know, that means who's most likely to drop 50 points in their matchup this weekend? I've got F-A-U, the Fighting Tom Hermans, the Owls. 
first off, they're playing Monmouth, an FCS school coming off a losing season. They've had some success prior to that, but they switched conferences last year. They went, I think, five and six or five and seven. Um, gave up 45 points or more five times a season ago. And I think Tom Herman has this team ready. I think he has this team ready to compete. In fact, I think he's got them ready to compete for a conference championship this year. I mean, as, as far as the incoming schools are concerned, I think UTSA and FAU, one of those two are the lo- most likely to play in the conference championship as a first-year American athletic team. Uh, he's reunited, Tom Herman is, with quarterback Casey Thompson. They spent time together at Texas, had some success together at Texas. Casey knows the offense. He knows the system. He knows the terminology. This is a comeback year for him. Okay, he got hurt last year in Nebraska. It just kind of fizzled off, got benched at Texas. I mean, he's looking for a redemption year, and I think he gets it started. His road to redemption, his redemption tour starts this weekend against Monmouth, and I think that FAU puts up a 50-piece on them. Uh, and their defense. You know, sometimes you get a 50-point game. It's not always just the offense. So I'm also projecting there might be a a special teams or a defensive touchdown in there for Florida Atlantic. And, man, I I think it's going to kick off a a really exciting year uh, for the Owls. And, you know, I think it's really shaping up for this to be a fun conference this year. But I don't want to rabbit trail onto all of that right now. Uh, Okay, I got a couple more. All right. Team most likely to pitch a shutout. Which team in week one, which American Athletic Conference team in week one do I believe is most likely to shut their opponent out? I'm going with Memphis. The Tigers. It's their second season in this new defense. Okay, last year, um, they had their, it was a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, They had some games where they looked great, had some teams where they, uh, I think they had one shutout and had some games where they kept teams at 10 points or, or, or below. And then they had some games where it got out of control. Um, here's what I think from, from the season perspective is, as Memphis is a team I believe is a strong contender to win the conference this year. I think they've got the quarterback, they've got the weapons, but the piece that I haven't talked about a lot is their defense. Like I said, second year in this new system with defensive coordinator, um, Oh my gosh, his name just slipped my mind. Feel free to leave it in the in, in, in the comments. But it's his second year switching, I think, from an odd to an even man type front type look. And I, I, I think what it's going to come down to is can they stop the run? I believe Memphis is going to have one of the best secondaries in college football this year, uh, especially with the addition of Simeon Blair, the Arkansas transfer, uh, who's just kind of been like the missing piece in that cog. He's a team leader. He can, he can play the run. He can play and pass. He's, he's a hybrid type player. Um, and I, I think that their pass defense is going to be solid. I think if they could shore up their run defense and really that interior deep part of their defensive line, man, I, I think this defense has a lot of potential this season uh, to win Memphis some games, but let me not trail too far. I think they get a shutout this weekend. Um, uh, Where's their schedule? Who who is Memphis playing? Why do I not have that in front of me? Oh, duh. They're playing Bethune, Bethune, Bethune Cookman. And 
Cookman has had some drama this offseason, if you recall. Uh, first off, they're coming off a very down year, a couple of them actually. Uh, they tried to hire Ed Reed, and there was a lot of bad press that came around that. And then Ed Reed, you know, kind of went off on his social medias and there was some tension there. And then the players started siding with Reed over the administration. So it just seems like there's a lot of cracks in the foundation with that program to begin with. And I think that Memphis comes out and they're able to just shut them out from the jump. So I didn't mean to make that too much of a Memphis season defensive preview, but I do think this opening week, they're going to get a lot of confidence. They're going to play really well. And, uh, you know, part of it, too, is I think their opponent is, is just standing on some shaky ground right now. And then finally, most likely to be college football's game of the week. And you know where I'm going with this one. Y'all know what I'm about to say. It's UTSA and Houston. The fighting Jeff trailers going in to Houston's territory and looking for revenge. Last year was a three-overtime thriller that UTSA just fell short. But here's the thing. The stakes are a little bit different this year. See, last year you had Houston as an American team, UTSA as a Conference USA team, and yes, the, the American is a more prestigious conference than Conference USA, but that game was still a matchup of two G5 opponents at the end of the day. So even if Houston loses, technically they still lost to a G5 opponent. Not the same this year. Both teams are making their debut in a new conference. Houston, however, is making their debut as a Power 5 team. There's some pressure on them. It's a home game, and they're bringing in the team that basically is replacing them in their former conference. The last thing you want to do as a coach or a program is lose your first game as a Power 5 team to a team that, was, that, that plays in the conference you just left. And much less than that is the team that replaced you in that conference. So it's their first year in it. I think UTSA gets it done, but I think this is going to be an exciting game. Might be the best watch of the entire weekend. I think fans that aren't even fans of AAC football are going to watch and tune in. Um, oh, and I have on here, like, if you, if you go back and watch Holgerson's panel interview at Big 12 Media Days, man, this one stuck out to me because they kept talking to him about, I think Houston's hosting the Longhorns this year, and they kept wanting to bring up, you know, the Southwest Conference rivalry, how long it's been since doing all that. And I want to say they might host them week three, week four. I think it's early season. I don't have it in front of me. I'd have to look. And so they're asking him, man, how's it been preparing your team knowing you've got Texas coming in early in the season? And Holgerson was like, huh. Well, I mean, I hadn't even thought about Texas because we got to play UTSA week one. And the panel's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but you could just like see there was genuine like concern and respect there. Like, one, we can't lose this game. But two, they could very well beat us. So, birds up, baby. UTSA fans that might be watching this, let me know your thoughts. Is this going to be game of the week? We going to get it done? Is the American going to represent? American had a tough showing last weekend. Only had one slot, primetime slot, NBC, Notre Dame put it on us. 
I think we got to bounce back this weekend with the slate of games. So, again, let me know your thoughts in the comments, okay? I'm going to go back through it again. Who's most likely to pull off an upset this weekend? Go viral. Cover the spread as the favorite. Cover the spread as the dog. Drop a 50-burger. Pitch a shutout in the game of the week. College football, most likely to be college football's game of the week. Go look at the matchups. Go look at the weekend slate starting on Thursday. And um, let me know your thoughts in the comments. Before I let you go, I just want to remind you, Thursday evening, we will have a live stream uh, pregame show for Tulsa and UAB. Both are opening their seasons Thursday. And then we'll have another live stream pregame show on Saturday morning. Again, those times will be concrete by tomorrow. I'll announce them on the show. I'll also, excuse me, put them on my Twitter X. Make sure you're following me at I'm Trey Smith. And uh, that's it for today. Trey Smith, College Game Time.